Welcome to the podcast series, Withers Talks Cryptocurrency. I am Charles Kolstad, a partner in Withers International Cryptocurrency Practice Group, and I am delighted to be hosting this podcast series. In these podcasts, I am asking cryptocurrency-related questions to my Withers colleagues in our cryptocurrency group around the world. With me today is Natasha Stowerton, a partner in our Trust Estates and Inheritance Disputes team in London, and Roberto Bonomi, a senior associate in our private client and tax team in Milan. Before we get started, I want to remind listeners that anything discussed in this podcast is for informational purposes only, and we are not providing any legal, investment, or other advice. Today's topic is Trust Issues with Cryptocurrency, a European Perspective. Let's get started. Trusts are typically used as part of an estate plan or for asset protection purposes. Natasha, what are some considerations for trustees when asked to hold cryptocurrency as part of a trust fund in England, a common law country? Thanks, Charles. Well, um, let's start with what the settlor is asking the trustee to do. So. Is it that the settler is asking the trustee to just hold asset, the cryptocurrency, or are they actually expecting the trustee to actively manage the cryptocurrency? Because I think um, both of them are, you know, they're slightly different. So if we start with just holding, um, my experience from speaking to trust companies, there are a number of trust companies who've already started doing this, taking this on. Um, what they're really being asked to do is to hold in a secure manner the private key to the cryptocurrency. Um, so their duty is to keep that safe. I have had um, conversations with trust companies where they have uh, taken it into cold storage and some of them have said they've put it somewhere in a Swiss mountain deep down so no one can find it. Um, but that's really what they're asking to do. So you, the trustee would have to consider how they're going to hold that private key. Um, obviously, cold storage is more um, offline, making sure more than one person knows where it is, or there's more than one copy just in case, but to really keep that secure. Um, other considerations when holding the cryptocurrency, it's just to ensure that you're in, as a trustee, your insurance policy will cover you for, um, for any sort of loss, um, to make sure that the cryptocurrency is what you, where is it being held? If it's if it's on a platform, um, an exchange platform, then you need to make sure that that you keep an eye on that exchange platform. Make sure that is a suitable place. Um, if you really are just holding the private keys, sort of then um, then that you probably don't need to consider that in so much detail. If we turn now to kind of if you're in being asked to actively manage the cryptocurrency and invest your trust fund in cryptocurrency. Um, the first step is probably just to look at your trust deed. So what powers do you have? Um, most trustees will have quite a wide ranging power of investment, but that usually only relates to property. Now in the UK, it's been declared that cryptocurrency is property. Um, so a trustee should be covered, um, but it may be worth amending your trust deed to 
specifically say that you have the power to invest in crypt in cryptocurrency, whether it is legally considered to be property or not. Um, the next thing to think about as a trustee is whether crypto is actually consistent with the purpose of the trust and your investment policy. Um, for this, I think it you really need to have a bit of a deep dive into what type of cryptocurrency you're talking about. You know, if we're, if we're talking about exchange tokens, then how easily can they be exchanged for fiat currency if that's what your beneficiaries will ultimately want distributed out to them at one point? Um, if you're looking at security tokens, then you know, are there dividends going to be paid? How are they going to be paid? Um, and then if it's a utility token, I guess you really are looking at kind of what services is going to be provided. Um, how likely is it going to succeed um, and actually be of any value? Um, and then look for a trustee to look for the responsibility that they're taking on. Um, you know, if you're if you're trading, trying to catch the high and it's in value, that can be really difficult. Um, transaction times obviously change between different cryptocurrencies and what liability are you going to have if you're trading and you miss the high point and by the time it actually <laughs> materializes it, the, the value has gone down. Um, and then just to look at where your liability lies in terms of if you're being directed by a set law, do you have a duty of supervision if that set law is in the position of an investment manager or a director of an underlying company? And if it is that underlying company, just to check your anti-Bartlett clause, um, do you have that high level of supervision required? Um, there's recently, it's not a cryptocurrency case, but there was a recent case of Zhang and DBS in Hong Kong. and. That was said that a trustee, even when it has quite a strict anti-Bartlett clause, when you're when you have an underlying company that is actively investing as a trustee, you have a responsibility to have a high level of supervisory power. Now that was um, it was overturned and it was highly criticised, but um, it's certainly something for trustees to keep in mind. Um, so that's some of the ma main things that we're talking to trustees about. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a new and evolving process, and I think more and more trustees are opening their minds to it. Thank you, Natasha. That was great. So, Roberto, Italy is a civil law jurisdiction, and I know that civil law countries <clears throat> typically have different views on trusts. What is the general Italian view on the use of trusts in this context? Thanks, Charles. Um, so, Italy is a civil law jurisdiction, obviously, but we're a trust-friendly jurisdiction, meaning that we do recognize trusts, both for wealth planning and tax purposes, since we ratified the Hague Convention since many years now. However, that doesn't mean we recognize any type of trust for Italian legal and tax purposes. In fact, we only recognize trust which meet specific requirements. Um, without going into too many details, probably the most important requirement is that the set law must give up control over the assets that are being contributed into the trust and should not be uh, the one managing such assets once they are officially in the hands of the trustees. 
If this condition is met, that means that the trust can be seen as effective from an Italian legal and tax perspective, meaning that the trust would be treated as an autonomous and separate taxable entity, both for income tax purposes as well as for inheritance tax purposes. So the assets owned by the trustees contributed into the trust will no longer belong to the individual's estate, so into the settler's estate. On the other side, this means that from an Italian perspective, it is really important that the trustees have managing powers over the trust assets, which especially today might include cryptocurrencies, digital assets, NFTs, tokens. So from an Italian perspective, I could definitely say that it's very important that trustees continue to develop specific expertise in the field of crypto assets as well as other digital assets. Perfect. I understand that Italy has a very active non-domiciliary tax program for people moving to Italy. How do the rules change for such investors and trusts or foreign companies owned by the trust where the settler is a non-domiciliary? That's correct. We do have a special tax regime available to individuals relocating to Italy. So provided that they've been residing outside of Italy for at least nine out of 10 years, they can move to Italy, become Italian tax resident, and basically be exempt from almost all reporting obligations and ordinary tax rules in Italy, which may, makes obviously everything easier from a tax and wealth planning perspective. Under the special tax regime, the individuals will be sheltered by the payment of an annual flat tax of 100,000 euros, which covers all foreign source income as well as all foreign assets, which means that as long as the assets are kept outside of Italy, in principle, there would be no Italian tax implications for them in Italy. When it comes to trust, um, obviously, as we said before, it's important that the trust is recognized as effective from an Italian tax perspective but and legal perspective as well. But under the special tax regime, that would be less critical since as long as the assets owned under the trust are still located outside of Italy, there would be no Italian tax implication for the individuals. So let's say that being under the special tax regime gives a bit more flexibility in terms of um, main features of the trust, although obviously uh, we would always suggest to take a prudent approach and do some pre-planning before relocating to Italy, just to be sure that the structure can still be effective, obviously, from an Italian perspective. Wonderful. Natasha, back to you. Any closing thoughts? I just um, wanted to pick up on what Roberto was saying about the sort of non-DOM program and just um, just a flag that the way that the UK HMRC has treated cryptocurrency or at least exchange tokens is to say that, it, that um, you are taxed on them where you are resident. And so that's just a, just a flag that's a really key issue to keep in mind for those who claim sort of remittance basis in the UK that resident um, non-DOMs, they would still be taxed on their cryptocurrency in the UK. Interesting, interesting. Well, thank you, Natasha and Roberto for the discussion today. Yeah, thank you very much, Charles. It's been great. Thank you for having me.
And to all our listeners, thanks for joining the latest episode of our Withers Talks Cryptocurrency Podcast. As always, if you have any other questions, please feel free to reach out to us.